Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights with John Clemens, uh, return visit. We're going to talk about his favorite set, his current pursuit, uh, which is 57 Tops, which is a set that I loved. I have, I, well, I'll wait for the episode to tell you my experience at 57 Tops, and John and I will share our stories about that, that great set. It's one of Rich Klein's favorite uh, for the uh, purity of the uh, design and the great uh, player selection. So thanks, sponsors. Uh, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, ComC.com, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, Panini, Upper Deck, and Tops. So welcome, John Clemens. We're going to talk about your favorite set and one of my favorite sets, 1957 Tops Baseball. Oh, by the way, you know, we didn't, I, I didn't make that clear, but uh, 1957 Tops also football. Didn't know if, uh, if you know in your collecting story it sounds like you're pretty much a baseball guy oh yeah baseball and football even though the football cards were out there later in 57 it sounds like uh you were a 57 tops baseball guy so welcome to the show and tell us how you began your pursuit and uh what why why 57 tops as opposed to 56 was with my first card or 58 or anything else what what's Give, give us a, a, a real pep talk on 57 Tops Baseball. <laughs> what, what it's all about. When uh, my grandfather, who was uh, suffering from um, uh, throat cancer, came to live with us in, in Rochester, New York, uh, death did not come very, uh, very easy for him. Um, and, and we had to stay out of the house as kids. So we were relegated to the cement floor uh, in the garage. And I vividly remember uh, three or four of my uh, chums, my, my, my friends, we would sit there and on this concrete floor in the garage in Rochester, in Penfield, New York, and uh, try to keep quiet and still traded baseball cards. And, you know, we used to think that, you know, that was being, you know, ostracized. But now that I look back at my age and long for those days of trading baseball cards, swapping, flipping, you know, all the things we did in the, in the concentration that year was the 1957 set. And back then, Jim, I was not a fan of the, of the Yankees because the Yankees uh, radio and TV market really saturated Rochester, New York. You were either listening to the, a ball game uh, of the Rochester Red Wings minor league team, or you had the Yankees on the radio listening. So I really got tired of the Yankees. And those are the cards, you know, the Yogi Bear, the Mickey Mantle, what have you. those are the cards I traded off or yep. put in the spokes of my bicycle. Um, but, but still, you know, now to this day, I've been collecting the 57 cards. And a lot of the card shops here in Dallas have got, my want list, and this is what I want, and this is what I'm willing to trade for. Um, it, it's the pursuit, you know, it, it's part of the, of the passion of collecting. It is just, is, is the journey that you're on collecting. And you meet some fine people, whether you go to a baseball card show, or you go to a baseball card shop, or, or online. It's the people you meet along the way that share your passion. You know, I'll tell you, my wife does not share my passion for collecting 1957 baseball cards. You know, when are you going to throw this stuff out? You know, get rid of all this junk. <laughs> but to me, it's treasures, it's gems, it's diamonds, it's rubies. John, are you saying that uh, when you look at your 57 top set, you see more than just the cards you have? Are you saying in some cases you see the card and you can remember who you got the card from? Oh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. You paid, oh, yeah. who you got it from or where you found it? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's part of the thrill because uh, I remember uh, – I was 18 years old and I just returned from Buffalo, New York uh, to, uh, to, uh, from the army physical. And my mother told me, you know, if you're old enough to serve your country, you're too old for baseball cards. I threw them all out. And it was a fan box, Jim, a great big box fan box full of baseball cards that are wrapped up in rubber bands and, you know, you know, numerically had them all, all ordered. 
Um, in fact, you like this story. I haven't seen this, but the story goes that there was a baseball card shop with a basket of vintage baseball cards from 1957 uh, in a glass case. And the sign read, these are the cards your mother threw out. <laughs> that's part of the passion. I want to go claim them. That, that's, that's, uh, I don't enjoy hearing those stories. I think they're <laughs> painful. But uh, it brings to mind that, um, you know, I've done some then and now episodes, and I've not really done one about trading. But uh, trading back in the day was more about passion than price guides. I mean, I was in the Pittsburgh area, and I wasn't going to trade Roberto Clemente for any stack of cards, I don't think. But right. uh, I, I probably would have traded Mickey Mantle. But I don't know that I would have, you know, nowadays, a fair trade, you know, with current prices, it would be 100 for one or 1,000 for one. Uh, but in those days, it probably was two or three for one. It was just the, 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 uh, it, the days were much simpler then, and trading was a, a real fun part of the experience. My other question for you, besides trading, is the collectible condition that you accepted back in the day as opposed to now. It I find matter. it curious that people that, that are in a, you know, proximity of our age who uh, were very happy with very good condition cards back when they were a kid now want Jim Mint of the right. same card, right. which but, means it was untouched. But Jim, back, back then, we, we didn't know a vinyl, you know, we, you know, a vinyl sleeve. I mean, we didn't know that. You know, you, I would keep some of my cards that were precious to me uh, back then. I would keep them in a mailing envelope, a white mailing envelope. I didn't have uh, vinyl cards or vinyl sheets back then. Uh, to insert the cards, protect them, and what have you. Nowadays, I mean, they're they're pristine. The ones that are, you know, high grade uh, and, and are in good condition are preserved, you know, like a museum piece, and they should be at that price. So, what collection are you looking for? Because I mean, if you, like I said, there's there's uh, there's some amazing sets of '57 tops uh, that are that are slabbed up and in very high grade. And uh, that uh, is more difficult to look through than just having a set that's in uh, reasonable condition, but not, uh, not, not perfect. Which, which kind of collector are you? Uh, I'm the kind of guy that's going to break into a plastic case just so I can touch the card. It's, it's the touch. It's okay. the feel. It's what you get from your fingertips when you uh, have a chance, uh, an opportunity to think back of everything that has happened uh, in your life and in history in the country um, and in your family. All, all over those years, I, I have broken into cases just so that I can, I can touch the card. I mean, it's, it's that much of a sickness to me. Well, I don't know that that's sickness. I think it's a passion, but it, it brings to new light uh, a new approach to uh, some of the people that criticize the, uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, people that uh, take cards out of the slabs, but only because they're saying that people are taking it out of uh, one company's slab and trying to resubmit it to another company to get a higher grade. And you're yeah. just trying to take it out to to uh, touch the card, but you know, taking cards out of the slabs is not, uh, again, we haven't discussed this on the show either. I mean, uh, you can hurt yourself if you do it wrong. Oh you? yeah, oh yeah, I mean, it's like broken glass. It's but, like, it can, you know, I, I wear safety goggles. Yeah, oh yeah, I don't blame you. The, the thing that, that bothers, me, bothers me about things like that is the fraud that comes up so often with cards like that, you know, trimmed edges, things like that. You know, you read about these stories, you're just like, how can they do that? How, you know, they're trying to make a quick buck off of, off of collectors, it's sickening. Well, do you think somebody's made a quick buck off you? Do you think you have some trim cards or oh, cards uh, in your you collection? Know, you know, I, I'm the kind of guy I had in a 1957 set of piece of the corner uh, taken out. Uh, I think Carl Farillo's in there and Roy Camp and all the, the one that. Oh, the Dodger Slugger card for yeah, The Dodger Slugger card, yeah. The, those, it had a piece of the corner missing and I bought it. I think I paid $25 for it just so I could have it yeah. in my collection. So when the day comes, I get 
a perfectly good card or a better quality card, I would put it back in my in my collection and and resell this or trade the one I do have. But that Dodger Slugger card is is precious to me, even with a ripped off corner. Well, you know, the fifty seven I think was kind of the first set to do those kind of combo cards. You know, yeah. other than brothers, so there've been some brothers cards. And one of the things back in the neighborhood, as well as uh, over the years, you can kind of see where somebody's loyalties were by which of those two iconic cards, the Mandelbera and the Hodges, Campanella, Snyder and Ferrillo, uh, the Dodger Slugger or the Yankee Sluggers, because you were, I guess you were in Rochester. I was, I was uh, probably in the Pittsburgh area, but the hobby, not the hobby, but collecting was it, it was kind of New York centric. There were three teams in New York, right. and they were um, that was a, that that was that was a big deal. So I would, uh, yeah, I have I, cards I in my collection, Jim, that, that have got the when a player was traded, you know, they would cross off White Sox with a pen. Yeah. <laughs> but I've got the card, you know, so that means that means a lot to me. I've got the card, and I can hold it, and I can um, uh, feel it. Well, that's um, it. Would mean a lot to me if I found some cards that were and they weren't 57s but my 61s that i don't have anymore they have jb on the back now i hope nobody will doctor it up i don't think anybody would go to that length but but uh, i'm not going to say what kind of a you know if it's in a sharpie i'll know that people are fooling me but but i had some jb on the back of my cards uh and i i guess we were flipping them and if you didn't have an identifier you didn't know which ones were yours i mean I'm trying to figure that out so i wouldn't mind having some jb cards in my collection what are the chances but, but jc john clemens not so much <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a nice story but um you know and i did an episode what what's on the back of the card in this big a deal is you know they're they're when, when kids at least of my age when they were uh, sometimes they scratch out the team name on the front of the card and that's it's a little distracting on the yeah. back of the card. Not as much. Not I much even good. have a, a series of uh, Tommy John cards so that when I talk to a young collector and I love talking to young collectors, uh, you know, you can collect cards from Japan. You can collect Australia cards, international cards, the Negro leagues, what have you. I've got a, I've got a bunch of Tommy John cards. So when I talk to them about Tommy John, they think Tommy John is like one word for surgery for shoulder surgery. And I say, no, this is a real ball player. Here's a, here, here's one of his cards. Here, here's, he was a baseball pitcher. Well, uh, what are your favorite cards in 57 Tops? I know you think, get a kick out of the reverse negative uh, Hank Aaron. Uh, I, I think the Mickey Mantle, which I think is card 95, is actually, I, I don't know that it's a single print, but it's, it was always tougher for me to find. And the two uh, combo cards, um, you know, the checklist cards are very tough I, uh, with both variations. I don't know if you uh, are a master set kind of guy. Uh, Especially uh, the cards that don't have the pen marks across them. <laughs> yeah, and the semi-high, you know, that next to last series. Uh, with, uh, you know, Brooks Robinson and Sandy Koufax. I mean, there, there's some really tough cards in there. Uh, so what are your favorites? Uh, you know, I don't have it yet, but it has to be the Mickey Mantle card. Yeah. Um, as I'm talking to you in, in my studio that, where I work now uh, for USA Radio Network, I have a sign right in front of me that says, if I knew I was going to live so long, I would have taken better care of myself. Mm -hmm. Sign Mickey Mantle. And, yeah. uh, you know, that, that means a lot to me. And I see that every day. And uh, it's got to be Mickey Mantle. I had a 57 Tops Mickey Mantle, just to be self-disclosing here, that, and I, I didn't do this, but I got it, you know, through buying some collection sometime. And it actually had, you, you've heard of the hairline crease? Well, uh -huh. This was a hairline rip. Oh, it's wow. Basically a Mickey Mantle card, 57 <laughs> Tops, that had a, that was torn partially, not all the way across uh, uh, vertically, but it was torn into the card 
but it was such a clean tear that if you kind of mashed it down, you couldn't see it. If you, if, if you just took a photo of it, you couldn't see. It, it looked like you, a pristine card. It looked like a really nice card. And uh, I mean, I didn't sell it in any nefarious way. I mean, I'm sure that when I sold it, I disclosed that it was, that it was ripped, but it, and I, you can't glue it back together, but it, it just, if you looked at it from one angle, it, 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 it looked fine. But for, if you did the John Clemens technique of, of putting it in your hand and feeling it, you go, uh-oh. It might fall apart. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, unintentionally altered in a way that, and I don't even know what the condition would be. But for example, it sounds to me like, you, and I, I'm not saying you're, you may be the, 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 the more, I believe that there are more collectors that are less condition sensitive than there are that are more condition sensitive. Oh yeah, absolutely. So if somebody had picked up my card, I don't think you kick it out of your collection unless you no. got something better. But like I said, at first glance, it's a, it's a very nice looking card, but it would probably grade a one or maybe just authentic. Right. You know, it really crushes the value of a, of a, of a card. So, but again, um, you would have that card, you know, you have the card. Would yeah. That, that's, that's the key. And, and just, this is sound weird, but touching it to me and just holding it in my hand means a lot. Well, that's, we're out of time and you've heard it from John Clements, who is an authority on, uh, you know, as a media professional and uh, loves 57 tops. And it's all about the feel. And I, I cannot disagree with that. So thanks, John. Thanks listeners. I'll be back again tomorrow with another interesting episode. The man